0: Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello, Power Partners. It's our informational playground. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan, your host and producer, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and we come through the auspices of Be The Star You Are Charity. We are so glad that you are with us today. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are that had a very successful um, uh, an event at the Pear and Wine Festival this past weekend. Many thanks to La Merinda Weekly, as well as MB MBJessePainting, mbjessepainting.com, or mbjesse.com, lamarindaweekly.com. And um, the Be The Star You Are website is bethestarur.org. Benjamin Franklin said this, wealth is not his that has it, but his that enjoys it. And we could also say wealth is not hers that has it, but hers that enjoys it. So, you know, if we have wealth, let's pass it around and let's enjoy it. Well, what we're going to be talking about in today's show in segment one, it is harvest time. So I'll give you some harvesting hints to help you pick, pull, pluck a sampling of your garden favorites at the peak of perfection before the real fall um, weather comes in. In segment two, it is everything in its place and everything has a place in your home. It's how organized are you? What is keeping you from being organized? And we'll just give you a few tips and tricks to get your space controlled and well-ordered. And finally, in segment three, why is change so difficult? Maybe we need a bit of a nudge to get us where we want to go. And the best way to build a new habit is to identify a current one and then stack another behavior on top of it. So let's change and be better. And that's coming up in segment three. Well, I sure hope that you have had a fabulous first week of fall. It has been a little bit cooler. It's still very hot, but it's a little bit, it's not in the hundreds, it's in the 90s. So that has been a welcome respite. But the excitement for me, there's been a few exciting things. So my new book, No Barnyard Bullies, based on a true story, the first book in Stella Bella's Barnyard Adventures, debuted um, this past weekend at the Pear and Wine Festival. And the books, it's just a small, simple children's story. Um, it's a true story from my barnyard about a pig and a goat and a bunny and all the chickens and ducks in the whole barnyard. Um And it has a moral uh, to it, obviously, of we have to be kind and inclusive and there are no such thing as barnyard bullies. Nobody likes a bully, not even animals. But it was amazing, the reception it had. It, the books just literally flew off, and they haven't stopped. Um, people are going to my website and buying the books. Of And when you do that, I am sending you all kinds of fun little goodies that you will enjoy. So I hope you'll buy um, several books. People are buying seven, eight books to give to people. And you can do that by going to starstylestore.net or just go to cynthiabryan.com and click on the online store. The money will benefit Be The Star You Are, which ends up benefiting this radio show, as well as Express Yourself and all our outreach programs of Be The Star You Are. And with that, I also want to say how uh, fun it was at the Pear and Wine Festival. Sharanya, who is one of the hosts of our uh, express yourself. She chaired it and she came up with some very fun free activities for kids. So everybody had a really, really good time. And I had picked a lot of fruit from my orchard. And because it was like 95, we sold every single tangerine and every single Asian pear. Again, all the money was going to charity. It was it was just crazy. I thought I had brought plenty, a, a couple of buckets and a huge bushel, and it just they everybody wanted fresh fruit, and um, that was that was great. And so it was a really fun time. Um, we had also Hannah from Express Yourself was there, uh, who is also a host, and several um, other volunteers. So I just want to thank everyone who has bought No Barnyard Bullies, as well as all my volunteers and all the supporters. And again, if you want to get a first edition copy of this new book, because we'll probably have to go to another printing, it's, it's so popular, um, and you get it autographed with extra goodies, go to CynthiaBryan.com. Well, we are going to go into the garden now. I call it fall forward. Uh, George Eliot said, delicious autumn. My soul is wedded to it. And if I were a bird, I would fly about the earth seeking this excessive autumns. And I have to say the birds are definitely in, um, in mass right now. When I go outside, there are so many birds. They are so happy. I think that it's just been, uh, you know, I think it was so hot before and now they're just loving being in, going in the fountains and, you know, uh, diving in the bird baths. But uh, we had a little bit of rain a week ago, and I already talked about it on the show. And that sweet smell of that recent rain dampened soil, it absolutely stimulated my soul. It wasn't enough moisture to revive our parched earth here in California And my brown lawn still exhibits more strands of uh, brown than green, but I can see a little bit of the green coming. But it was such a wonderful respite from the horrendous heat of the first part of September. And it's a welcome beacon of the cooler forthcoming autumn. My heart goes out to all the people on the islands as well as in the United States and Canada that are suffering from these hurricanes and so much rain. It's just so sad that in the west we have the fires and in the east we're having the hurricanes and floods and somehow we have to meet in the middle so that, uh, you know, that everybody can be okay. Well, the surprise um, rainfall was also an indication to me that it was time to complete harvesting on my summer crops before the rainy season does begin. And nature just has a way of informing us about the optimum time to pluck our favorite vegetables and fruits at their peak of flavor. At the moment, you know, berries are plump, they're juicy, deep in color, apples just fall into our hands the second they are touched. Uh, As I was going to the barnyard today, I was picking some Apples to uh, give away. Well, I didn't even have to pick them. I basically touched them and they just fell into the bucket. So, of course, I had to sit on the ground and eat one. Very crunchy, very good. There's nothing like fresh, fresh fruit. But it's our noses that lead us to those, the sweet smell of the ripe Asian pears. It also leads the squirrels and the birds and the raccoons and the deer. They all love them too. And I know that our eyes shine when we see that perfect deep red tomato. I get very excited about that. And when we thump on a melon, our ears listen for that hollow thump because that means it's going to be, you know, sweet and firm and crunchy. So we definitely use our senses to identify the best time to harvest. And we also have to use common sense. Now, In my garden, because of the heat wave that we experienced for two full weeks in the beginning of September, many of my fruit trees are self-harvesting. And that includes the apples, pears, and all the citrus. If you don't know what self-harvesting is, it means when the fruit is ripe, it automatically falls from the tree. And usually my apples um, don't do this but um, especially this year because the trees got so stressed and some of them got burned from so much sun and the the 109 degree weather that the fruit just fell off. Now, the challenge with self-harvesting is that the fruit bruises or it gets dirt, rocks, or sticks stuck in its flesh, but it's still edible. So, cut out the blemishes, wash it, and then eat the rest. Or you can do like what I did yesterday. I made an Appalachian chow chow. And if you don't know what that is, I didn't either. I don't even follow recipes. I always just make them up. But I saw this recipe for chow chow in the the Wall Street Journal um, that had all the ingredients that I actually was harvesting from cabbages and onions and apples and pears. Um, And it was just, it was so interesting. And I thought, okay, I can chop that up and make it. And you add um, vinegar, but you have to add an apple of vinegar. It's maple syrup, cayenne pepper, paprika. I mean, there's a lot of different chow chows you can make, but this particular one was this way. And lots of turmeric, mustard seeds. What else did I put in it? Um, Oh yeah, green onions, shallots. Anyway, and you cook it all up and then you let it sit and oh my gosh, is it good. So if you don't know what to do with some of these fruits that are looking kind of crappy, think about making a chow chow. Now to move forward with fall harvesting, you want to pick your produce, if you are picking, early in the morning, just as the sun is rising. And the reason for that is the the air is cooler, the crops are very crisp, and it allows them to last longer. If you wait to pick until the heat of the day, lettuces, radishes, peas, chards, leafy greens, they're going to be limp. They're going to be wilted. Now, the second best time to harvest your non-droopy crops like zucchini, grapes, tomatoes, or root vegetables, is early evening and preferably after the sun has set. So all that early sunbathing, it's gonna add to their sugar, so that is really good. Oh yes, I forgot, speaking of root vegetables, in that chow chow was turnips. And it's always hard to find something to put turnips in, and it really made a difference. So here are my harvesting hints to help you pick, pull, pluck a sampling of your garden favorites right now, or whenever your peak of perfection is. For us, it is now, this week. So apples, so when you touch a ripe apple, regardless of the variety, it should just need only a slight little nudge, and then it should just break off, uh, come off of the branch. Beans, you wanna pick the pods as they begin to swell, and when the strings are still slender, And you have to pick often, because that way you will encourage more bean development. Beets, one of my favorite, favorite root vegetables. Pull when the beets are one and a half inches to two inches in diameter. Cut off the tops, use them in cooking, and chop them into salads. Now, if you wait till the beets are much bigger, usually they're going to be um, kind of, they'll be tougher. And they have like more threads in them, so they're not as delicious. Carrots, now whether you're growing the orange, purple, yellow, white carrots, all you have to do is loosen the soil when they're about a half to one inch thick and then pull them out. And you can also use the, the tops of carrots too. Cucumbers, you wanna harvest cucumbers when they are shiny and when they're small. The bigger they get, the more bitter they will be and the more seedy they become. Now, lemon cucumbers will be slightly yellow, while English and Armenian cucumbers are going to be green. And frequent picking is going to encourage more growth. Now, this is something new uh, that I just learned about this year, and I love it. Uh, Pepino dolce melons. When they, they form on kind of, it almost looks like a tomato vine. And they round like a cucumber, like a lemon cucumber, but they have a pink stripe on them. And when that pink stripe emerges, the fruit is, um, and it's about two inches in diameter, then they're ready to eat. And they have a taste something between a cucumber and a melon. So they're great in salads uh, and they're great just raw. I, I really love them. Eggplant. Young eggplants are the tastiest and the sweetest. Their, sl- their flesh should be a glossy purple You never want to pull on an eggplant because you could pull out the plant. Just use a sharp knife. Now, fennel. Mm, I love the taste of fennel. You know, it has that licorice kind of taste. You want to cut bulbing fennel at the soil line. You use the bulb as well as the ferny leaves in recipes. And if your fennel has yellow flowers, uh, you save the seeds for your culinary delight. Or you can spread the seeds to get more fennel for the next season. Grapes, well, boy, the squirrels and birds have been eating my grapes. But if you are growing grapes, you know when they're ready to be harvested. You just got to do a taste test. But don't pull the bunch from the vine. Use a sharp knife to cut individual bunches. And if you're having issues with birds and um, other critters, as I am, I cut cut some uh, grapes when they're even a little bit greener because they will ripen. Kale, you want to leave six to eight leaves of the kale on the stem when you pick kale because kale grows really quickly and it'll continue to send out more leaves. Peppers, for the ultimate in flavor and sweetness, allow the peppers to grow to their deepest colors of green, red, yellow, orange, and purple. And then all you have to do is twist and pick whatever size you wish. Now it's coming up to pumpkin season so how do you do it? You try to pierce the skin of a pumpkin with your fingernail, and that'll determine if it's ripe or not. Then if it, if it does, um, if your fingernail does scrape it, cut the stem at least three inches long and let the pumpkin cure for a week or more in the sun. And then they really last a long time if you will store them at um, 48 to 50 degrees in a very dry environment. So if you have a basement or maybe a garage or a shed, tomatoes oh for the richest flavor you've got to be patient and you have to wait for your tomato to reach its full sun ripened color for that specific variety and when rain threatens go pick those green tomatoes and what you can do is leave them on the counter because most of them will ripen at room temperature or you can make a recipe you know fried green tomatoes there's a lot of things you can slice green tomatoes into anything they'll taste great at cooking them but whatever you do never ever ever refrigerate tomatoes after picking or you will lose the nutrients and the flavor so no refrigeration always on the counter leafy greens nutritious leafy greens like arugula lettuce swiss chard spinach they are continuing to sprout and you want to harvest them as needed not in a big batch to augment and accent your other edibles. The smaller the greens, the more concentrated the vitamins and minerals. So keep in mind that the birds, the squirrels, the skunks, the raccoons, the deer, the rabbits, and all the other critters are as excited about the fall harvest as you are. And they may start their feeding frenzy before your yields are at their optimum ripeness. So be vigilant and if necessary, gather your bounty earlier than expected. And the end of cropped harvesting usually heralds the beginning of autumn as a time for rejoicing. When I was a kid growing up on the farm, a barn dance signaled the finality of the harvest and time to rest from a season of working in the fields. And in our communities, we celebrate festivals and fairs just like we celebrated the Pear and Wine Festival this past week. And they are filled with family fun. There's walnut festivals, there's grape festivals. So fall is a delightfully delicious time of year with the abundance of farm fresh fruits and vegetables that are ripe and ready. So pick, eat, enjoy. Well, happy gardening and happy growing. And if you want tips on how to make your garden grow, visit my website, cynthiabryan.com. I have a lot of articles there, but you could also pick up my gardening book, uh, Growing with a Goddess Gardener, which has tips for every month as well as stories and great information. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We will continue with our celebration of fall when we return from break.
2: Star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 gifts, and Be The Star You Are for teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR Express yourself.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business
1: well, I love it when we come back. And... What I want to tell you right now is not really show business, and maybe it will be, but I, I think, I think that my female goat, who, are, who's really only two and a half years old, I think she's pregnant, and <laughs> um, I'm, and I'm shocked because um, she was rehomed. I adopted her, and I was told that the two goats that I adopted had been fixed so that they would not. Um, be childbearing, right? Or uh, kidbearing. Um, however, she looks very pregnant. And I think that's the case. Anyway, I'd never um, like birthed a goat, birthed you know, calves and sheep and rabbits and chickens and all that. So I will keep you posted. In the meantime, let's get back to what the show's about. So we're going to talk about getting your home organized. Um, I've, I've already told you that over the summer, it took me three months. I completely reorganized, cleaned out, painted, labeled, just did everything to my garage. And it was a, a, really a lot of work, but it was really a wonderful feeling to get it all, you know, to, to, I don't know, I donated and, and, um, and threw out and recycled and gifted Everything that was that I was uh, usable was given away. And if it was garbage, it went to the garbage. But it's amazing how over the years, when you have a place that you just you know throw things and your whole family does that, you have to go through it and get it together. So what do you think about when you think of an organized space? Do you have a vision of a neat and tidy item? you know, lined up in perfectly matched containers on shelves. Now, I don't think too many of us have a home that looks picture perfect. Um, nothing is really Pinterest worthy unless you are on Pinterest. That's the way I look at it. Because I know as far as doing interior design for as many years as I did it, we often uh, had, we staged, we, every time we had a photo shoot, We staged it, you know, you put the perfect flowers, you put the perfect um, throw, the lighting is just right, you move out all the stuff that, you know, that you you probably need to live and to be comfortable, but you really don't want it in your photo shoot. But, you know, we still can make our homes organized in such a way that, again, it doesn't have to be picture perfect, but it will be clean and it will be more structured, and you'll know where everything is. Because the truth is that an organized space actually has nothing to do with look, looking perfectly tidy and neat. It's but Looking perfectly tidy and neat is just the bonus of when it's organized. The question you want to ask yourself is, does your space function efficiently for you? If you are spending fifteen minutes looking for your stapler, or you know, for your roll of tape or you know, that particular pan that you thought you really needed, well, then something is definitely wrong. you're You're not organized enough. Uh, and I have to say, I am married to a man who, although he's a very good person, he's the most disorganized. and, no, he nothing is in its place. I have to actually lock my office so he can't go in it because I would never have pens or tape or paper. I would never know where anything is. Even my tools for the garden, I have to put them in a special place because when he, quote unquote, borrows something, it never comes back. And you know, months later, I'll find it rusted in you know in a bush or something. <laughs> um, and that's probably because he's always had staff that have followed him around organizing, or he's had me organizing for him. But think about what happens when you can't find something that's really important. Aren't you frustrated? You get stressed, you get aggravated. I know I do. So now think about how you feel when you're able to retrieve everything immediately. Life is so much easier. It's just a game changer. That's why my office is very organized. I know exactly where everything is at all times. So this is one of the reasons I can keep so many balls in the air all the time. I don't spend it looking for things um, because that concept of being organized has given me a sense of gratification, a sense of calm and clarity. So everybody can do this. It's just a matter of putting your mind over matter. And every item in your home needs to have a designated place where it is stored. So in other words, a place for everything and everything in its place. Didn't your mother or grandmother or aunt or teacher always tell you that? So, whether it's a single item or a bunch of items, you can become more organized if you just follow a few guidelines. So, every item in your home has to have this designated uh, place where it's stored, and people need to know where that location is. I'm sure a lot of people have what we call a junk drawer, or maybe it's just your, you know, it's a drawer where you have all those. Simple, small things that you're going to need on a regular basis. It might have screwdriver, a, a, you know, scissor, super glue, tacks, maybe some nails, um, whatever it is, you know, a a tape measure. Maybe that's called your junk drawer where you have rubber bands and, you know, just different things that you might need. But a good example is in the kitchen. Like I have that particular drawer, I'm just telling you, in my laundry room. And everybody knows where it is. And so when anybody needs any of those items, and I also keep a small hammer in there and a small set of pliers, even though I have a full tool chest in the garage, but these are just for indoor quick, quick things. So everybody knows where it is. And as long as you put things back, everything is always organized. Now, what about your plates and glasses and your um, tableware or silverware? Everyone in the home knows where to find and put back these items. And then they should never get lost, right? So kitchen storage is fairly straightforward. But other items tend to get randomly stuffed wherever you have space to put them. And then you can't find them when you need them. So you need to store your items in a location close to where you use them. It seems obvious, as you probably wouldn't keep tools in the bathroom, or toilet paper in the kitchen. But you need to store items in direct relation to the frequency of use. And anything you use often, you know, you should put that in the best real estate. So also, frequently used items need to be easy to reach. And if you want your kids to put back their clothes or their toys, make sure it's easy for them. If you have dresser drawers and they're overstuffed with clothes, Kids aren't going to be able to easily put things away, which is often why they're left on the floor. Or if the hangers, you know, if the rod is too high, they can't hang them up. So if you can put lower hangers and then show your kids how to roll their colors. And this is something that I've done with all of my uh, clothing that would go in a drawer now is, Uh, rolling them into small little bundles and stacking them straight up so I can see where everything is, as opposed to folding them and putting them on top of each other. And this way, when things are rolled, first of all, they come out and they don't need to be ironed. The second thing is, is I can see what I have. And I recently just went through all of my scarves. I'm a big scarf person. I love wearing uh, long scarves. And I just, I don't know, I guess from when I lived in Europe, I got that into me and I just love it so but I have so many and I always buy one when I'm in a different country it's kind of like my my splurge even though it might not be expensive it just reminds me of that country so I recently just rolled all of them and put them in separate containers oh my gosh it's a it was truly a game changer I organized them by colors or patterns and um, it is so easy now when I'm in a rush I can open that drawer and there it is So there are a lot of common ways that um, people get hung up when they're trying to get organized. A lot of people buy just a lot of containers because they're so, you know, they're so pretty or they seem so useful. But they do it before they measure or even they know what quantity they're storing. And a lot of people purchase the same item again and again because you can't find it. And that is a really good sign that you need to designate a home for whatever it is. So that's something that you really want to think about. So if you have too much of one item, um, like let's just say you have too many clothes or you purchase every uh, recipe book that's out there or you're purchasing every um, book on how to be organized, but you already have all that you really need to donate some of that. And that will help you. If uh, You know, um, Marie uh, uh, Kondo, if you have watched any of her videos, she became a bestseller. She's from Japan with her whole idea of if it doesn't spark joy, don't keep it. Well, I have to keep almost everything because everything sparks joy for me. I just get excited about life. But, you know, if you do have like, you know, things that are, ripped and torn and just not very good, uh, feel free to either give it away, donate it, recycle it, because that will help you stay organizing, organized. Um, when you overbuy, that could be the biggest downfall to staying organized. You need to be mindful of your shopping, and that can be so helpful. Ask yourself these questions before you go and purchase something, even if it's online. Do you really... Need this item? I mean, you might want it, but do you really need it? And remember that you're the only person that can answer the question. You ask yourself, do I already have too much? And then wait for your answer. Ask yourself, do I have room for this item? And also, when I get it, where am I gonna put it? If you can't close your dresser drawers or it's hard to fit another shirt in your closet, What are some of the things that you can remove first? There was, I know years ago, organizers used to say that when you buy something, what you need to do is you have to give something away or donate something. So it's like something in, but something out, or maybe something out first, and then something can come in. So it's like opening that, um, if you're going to close a door, then you can open the window, Now, if you're so um, if your spaces are so chaotic, you're going to be stressed because you're going to be constantly thinking, where do I put this? And then when you put it somewhere, you're going to forget where you put it. And then it is going to make you crazy. And especially, you know, when um, now that we're everyone is struggling with prices and, Uh, shortages. There is that urge to go to places, you know, to big box stores or go to Costco and just buy huge quantities. And it's not that I'm against that because maybe if you have the money now and you might not have it later, that might be a good thing. But is it going to fit in your house or your apartment? Where is it going to go? Can you keep it organized? When the toilet paper was really uh, short, that was a good idea to have toilet paper. When the baby formula was um, in shortage, it was a good idea to have baby formula. But don't buy things that are going to perish, like you know like vegetables or uh, meat or fish, unless you can freeze some of these things. Another big example of what people overbuy because it goes on sale is holiday decor. Uh, Do you have room to store boxes and boxes that you only use for about three weeks to a month and then store it for 11 months? So it really can help to know the answer to these questions every time that you are going to bring something else into your house. And whether or not you have too much or not enough or just the right amount of stuff, you know where to find it because you are organized so all i can say is to get organized and start cleaning closets garages basements attics whatever you can do to get organized and i actually have loved what i did in my garage so much because I labeled every single shelf and every box and literally every item, so I know what it is, and I organized it according to a genre of what you know, whether it was um, uh, you know garden thing, garden tools or fabrics or bug sprays or paint or just uh, tools, whatever. That I'm now slowly going through closets and um, labeling. So that, you know, everybody knows where everything is. So I think it's a great idea. You will feel so much better once you are organized. And that is our segment for for this piece. We'll have a business bite when I come back from break. And then we're going to see how we can nudge you into changing habits for the better. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be The Star You Are. During the break, check out my website, CynthiaBryan.com. Buy my newest book, No Barnyard Bullies, with the money going to Be The Star You Are charity to support all of our outreach programs. You will love it. CynthiaBryan.com. I'll be right back, so don't go away.
2: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: So whatever your goal, I want to you, encourage you to go for it. All things, even what seems impossible, can be accomplished when you take these important steps. Visualize the price. Identify a specific goal. And imagine yourself achieving it in every detail, For example, if you want to be a designer, see yourself designing the residential home or garden of your dreams. Write down your visualizations, repeat them to yourselves every day, and as you do, your belief and confidence will grow. Make sure to choose a role model. Inspirational role models demonstrate possibilities and provide invaluable source for motivation, strength, and hope. You don't even have to know that role model. You can just imitate them. Keep reminders of your goals and dreams on cards and put them where you will see them often. The refrigerator, the dashboard, mirrors, computer. And when you have a setback, bounce back. See mistakes as opportunities to learn and develop new strategies. Mistakes are inevitable, valuable, and essential for growth. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com.
0: Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376-376, Moraga, California, 94556. bethestarur.org. Dare to care.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: It's Power Time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility. Producer Cynthia Bryant. Now back to the Power Party. This business of show, business
1: and we are back. Well, thank you for staying with me on Star Style. Be the star you are. I always appreciate. Um, you know, having this dialogue and conversation with you. So um, we're going to talk about habits now because if change is inevitable and the only constant thing in life is change, then why does it tend to be so difficult to manage? You'd think that we would be collectively able to adapt since we're so aware of change. But human nature gets us once again. And That's we're faced with what Albert Einstein himself having said, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. You remember how he had that thing, you know, um, what did he say? I forgot the exact quote. It's something like um, the sign of, of stupidity or something is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So, yeah. So in other words, he, you know, we have to know that we have to be have the ability to change. But from healthy habits to finances to relationships to just about anything, the question really should be how can we alter our behavior for the better? And then once we alter it, how do we make it stick? There's been some very interesting progress in the area of subtly being led toward better decisions and habits an area many would call a science focused on something becoming more and more known as a little nudge. I like the word nudge. There was a book called Nudge, Improving Decisions About Health, Wealth, and Happiness that was written in 2008 by an economist named Richard Thaler. And he introduced um, the nudge theory as a method to help people make wiser decisions and to exercise better self-control. He had a co-author, Cass Sunstein. They developed much of this theory in the 1970s work of an Israeli-American psychologist, and it centered on uh, mental shortcuts that can facilitate problem-solving and probability judgments. And that kind of all sounds a little bit too scientific. But what they did propose in nudges was that nudging is valuable due to the fundamentally irrational ways humans can behave. And this has been explored by social psychologists, and they establish that our brains operate on two different systems of thought. The first system provides that automatic reflex response that prompts us to move quickly if something is headed towards us. And then the second is slower, it's more rational, it controls our conscious thought processes, and so we have to recognize the first system that it will often override the second. And so that's the basic foundation of nudge theory, which um, Thaler in 2017, um, he actually won the Nobel Prize for economics and it, it helped him um, you know, become famous for this nudge theory. So let's break it down. So what exactly is a nudge? Thankfully, it is not so complicated as the science and psychology might have us believe, or even what I just said. Uh, Nudge theory is basically coming down to presenting small practical stimuli, which we call nudges, as little guides towards decisions that are beneficial in the long term. So it's without direct instruction it's without direct enforcement and it's without punishment. It's just a tiny step to get our brains and behaviors moving in the right direction. So, you know, let's come, let's look at maybe an example of it. Um, You might grapple with how the how of donating You know, we have a charity, Be The Star You Are. There are straightforward monetary donations to any nonprofit of your choice. And then there are other specialized vehicles that may align better with your philosophy. There are donor-advised funds if you have the money to do that. Um, There are, are ways that you can donate your time. You can volunteer. So giving is more than just monetary. You can also, you know, donate your energy. <laughs> and so that is, um, that's an idea of kind of a little nudge is that knowing that it's not an all or nothing thing, even that will help you a lot. So once you've nudged yourself towards something, you want to consider trying another simple method for instilling positive change. And that is known as habit stacking. So the best way to build a new habit is first to identify a current one, and then you stack another behavior on top. And it works because your current habit is already built into your brain, and then if you link a new habit to an existing pattern, you're more likely to stick with your new behavior. So um, let's say that you want to get more exercise, you want to lose weight, but boy... That gallon of ice cream has your name all over it. (laughs) And I know that one because I love ice cream. Um, A nudge in the right direction might be allowing yourself to get a little bit of that ice cream as long as you know that you have to walk more if you're going to eat it. You could also nudge your family to be healthier, and one idea is to organize your pantry with smarter snacks that you put up front, making them convenient to grab or chopping up some celery and some carrots and having some hummus or cottage cheese or, you know, um, uh, grapes or cherry tomatoes or something like that, that is really convenient to grab. And what about relationships? The thought of reconnecting with someone you haven't talked to in a long time, it could feel really overwhelming because You might have so much to share and so much that you'd like to hear about, but just a simple, just thinking of you text might give both you and your friend or former friend that helpful nudge that you need. What about getting your child to clean her room? Boy, that's a big one when you're a parent. You could instruct them to do it or you could let them know what happens if they don't. But since you have already probably tried both of those methods, what about considering playing a room tidying game with them instead? And I think the results might surprise you. Whatever I wanted my kids to do something, I made a game of it. And that was always the best. Um, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to beat you to doing this or, you know, I'm uh, if I if Whoever gets this done in five minutes is going to get an ice cream. It's just amazing how fast people react. Then stay aware. When it comes to nudge theory, you have to keep in mind that others might be nudging you, too, on occasion. And it could be perfectly harmless, and it could be totally helpful. Um, but we are talking about influence which means that marketers could have a whole bank of nudges waiting to be released. So we got to be careful. And, um, you know, one example is a monetary ward for picking up your food from a restaurant instead of having them deliver it. So it's good to consider whether incoming nudges are for your benefit or the greater good rather than someone else's potential advantage. And as for habit stacking, the coast should be clear with nothing more positive change on the horizon. In fact, um, you know, I think Einstein would say that we're getting more intelligent by the minute when we are organized, when we are nudged and when we are habit stacking. So here's how to stack them up because gradual manageable habit stacking beat the ever popular all at once new year's resolution that usually goes out the window within six weeks. So you could try a pattern like this and see for yourself. And the trick is to wait until your current behavior becomes a habit before stacking the next one on. And just so you know, the consensus is it takes about 30 days to start a new habit. So whether that's you want to quit smoking, you want to exercise, um, you know, you want to walk every day, whatever it is that your goal is, you want to organize your house, you have to give yourself 30 days of constant doing it before it will become a habit. And then you're going to want to do it, you're going to want to continue it. So then the first step in the stack is the moment you um, will just we'll just talk about, um, we're going to talk about shoes. Okay, we'll start with um, coming home. So For us, we don't wear any shoes in the house. I like to keep my house clean and shoes are definitely dirty. You're out on the streets all day. And if you've ever come from an airport and brought your roller bag in, you, I mean, you could just see the marks on a rug or whatever. So we don't wear shoes. We don't bring our roller bags in. So the the moment you take off your work shoes, you would put on your work clothes when you come home. Workout clothes, not your work clothes. You take off your work You know, your work clothes, you'd put on your workout clothes. Let's just say we're trying to exercise more. So that's called the switch. And then the second step is you go. You either go out on a walk um, or you go to the gym or you take a swim. Whatever it is, you have to spend at least five minutes doing it. Then you have to do something. You can complete one exercise of your choosing, like it could be just a few sets of doing weights. It could be 20 minutes of cardio, but you have to set some goals and some time limits. So you have to complete one exercise of your choosing. So if you've gone to the gym, you know, choose one. And then the next step, and this isn't happening all on the same day, by the way, this is happening little by little, so that you are getting used to it, you're going to add something in. And that means you're going to mix it up a little bit. And by mixing it up, you're going to mix in at least one extra exercise, right? Before you're going to go home. And then the final thing is you would continue and so on and so on until your new routine is in place and part of your lifestyle. So there you have your nudge. And that is our show for today. So thank you for being here every Wednesday live with me, Cynthia Bryan, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice American Network. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We hope that you can improve your life, change your life, and, you know, find success. For more information about me or Star Style or to buy any of my books right now, No Barnyard Bullies, uh, fresh off the press, go to CynthiaBryan.com. To make a donation or volunteer or add your energy to Be The Star You Are, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. want you to see beyond your physical being, know you are already the star you dreamed of becoming, cherish the past, dream of the future, and make sure to celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book and make it no barnyard bullies or growing with the goddess gardener Those are really appropriate for this time of year. Until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your authentic, unapologetically authentic self. Just be the star you are. Thanks for joining me.